Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, The Road to Restoration. I'm Pastor Sergio Delamora, and I'm honored that you are taking time to hear about The Road to Restoration. I genuinely believe this. All of us in some form are on The Road to Restoration. You're either on the road being transformed, you've fallen off the road because it's been difficult, you need to get back on the road to get back on track, or maybe you're just weary of being on the road to restoration. Wherever you find yourself, I need you to know this. God knows you, God sees you, God loves you, and God has not given up on you. This podcast is about spreading hope to people whose heart is hurting. And I know God genuinely sees the best in you today. And today I'm joined by a great friend, Pastor Carla Hornung from Lima, Peru. Pastor Carla, how are you? Very good, thanks. Well, today I want to talk about the infamous story of David and Bathsheba. Mm. Um and I want to focus on Bathsheba because I think we all know the story of David. And if those of you that don't, I'm going to read when David committed adultery that led to the destruction of many things in his life and his need for restoration. But today I want to focus on Bathsheba because not only was she part of the fall of David, but she went through a process of pain as well, but ended up restored, and blessed. So this message is for ladies, for the women. It's not how you start, it's how you can finish. Let me read this text. Late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got up out of bed and was walking on the roof of his palace. As he looked over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told she is, she is who? Who is she? Can somebody say her name? Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Wow. Bathsheba. Let's talk about Bathsheba. Carla, uh, Bathsheba went through a lot of pain. She did. She committed adultery. She had a baby. And unfortunately, she lost the child mm -hmm. in birth. The child, her son died. And at that point of her life, you could have very well you know, written off her story through the pen away. It's, it's over. But the story doesn't end that way, does it? It doesn't. Uh, I, it's actually pretty complicated. Um, she also loses her husband. But I, I once did a study kind of comparing her life to Abigail because often in women's studies, we'll hear, you know, the great women of the Bible. And so often Abigail is just lift, lifted up on this great pedestal. And Bathsheba is often, you know, ridiculed. And she's just, and I'm like, well, I'm not sure how much choice she had in going to the palace. That's I mean, true. blaming her for this thing, it, it's... I hear in sermons, I'm like, I'm not sure, you know, if the king tells you to do something, at what point do you say? I mean, she, I think she did have a little choice, but maybe she felt like she didn't. And anyway, she, at any rate, she was definitely pressured into this. Um, it's not like she looked for it. So she's pressured into something she probably doesn't want to do, gets pregnant on this crazy night, um, loses her husband, loses the kid. But it's so interesting. She's the mother that raised Solomon. And if we look at Abigail, Abigail raised Amnon. Amnon was the worst of David's sons, and David had quite a few bad ones to, to compare him to. But we have we have Bathsheba who seems to, you know, she's got she's made a mistake. She 
She's gone through this process of pain, but she still decides to pour life and word and a relationship with God into Solomon. And that is a big deal because so many of the other princes, you know, throughout all the dynasty of David, you know, were never raised to seek God. And as we know, the one really raising the kids in this sense of a king who had many wives and tons of children was the mother. And so the influence she had on Solomon really is profound. And we also see it early before we started this podcast, another verse you read, how she made sure that Solomon also um, was going to be on the throne. Uh, yeah, that's true, because the Bible teaches us that at the end of David's life, that Bathsheba goes in to David's chamber, bows before him, and David says to her, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. It's obvious that Bathsheba, over the years of David's life, stayed close to David's heart. And it's amazing how God could have placed Bathsheba in any place. Yeah. He could have exiled her or been one of the wives who lives in the palace down the street. Yeah. Or in the condominium down the street. But God would have it that Bathsheba, when it's all said and done, she stays the course. What qualities do you see in Bathsheba that a woman today, Carla, can learn from who perhaps has a past that doesn't speak to future greatness. I see humility and wisdom. Um, Another wife of David was Michael, and she ridiculed David at one point, and David, you know, then, you know, never wanted to see her again. But we see Bathsheba, and she speaks to David in a way that that always gets his attention, and then always, she does the same thing to Solomon. Solomon's like, whatever you want, I'll do. And even though at that point she asked for something a little strange, we see that she she was humble, and she knew how to talk to a man. And I know when I first got married uh, to Sergio, and I would see him, my husband, I would see him about to make a mistake, I would unwisely just blurt out, what are you thinking? That's the dumbest thing. And then he would he would react. He wouldn't listen to me. He would just um, react in this, you know, put front, we would just start fighting. And he wouldn't do what I could, uh, what I could see because we, we had different points of view. And so I learned if I want him to listen to me, I need to learn how, how to speak. But I see Bathsheba has that. She learned to speak to David in a way that he'll listen. And that's something I've learned as a wife, to speak to Sergio in a way that he'll listen. And he's smart. So I don't have to say, I see this. I'll ask him a question, which is what Jesus, Jesus often does. I, I'll say, when we're by ourselves, so it never looks, you know, I'm never undermining his authority. I say, do you, how do you feel about the way you, you spoke to that person earlier? It must be tough being a woman. And he'll go, because oh, you're right. Because always have to find the right way to speak to a man. <laughs> It's like, it's like what you do. Men are really sensitive. Let's be honest. Men are super sensitive. They have to be spoken in the right way to receive it. Well, we'll have to take it whatever. But men are super sensitive. Our ego is super sensitive. sensitive. And they call us the sensitive ones, but it's it's really the other way around. Bathsheba really ended up at the end of her life watching her son be crowned king. Mm Mm-hmm. I have to believe that that is a restoration story because no one expected Bathsheba to make it. Right. And and not just any king, like the golden years of of Israel, the greatest king. I mean, David built all of that, but Solomon really reaped and harvested, you know, the rewards of of David's labors. And I think oftentimes um, it's really easy to judge someone's future by their past. Yeah. Um, Carla, talk to a woman today who is stuck, you know, in the hallway. You know, have you ever heard that phrase, when God moves you out of run room and he hasn't put you in the next room, 
you're in the hallway. And yeah. in the hallway, it could be real dangerous because yeah. you don't know what your next door is. And and so I want you to speak to a woman today who's in the hallway. I'd like to speak to all the women who may have either something you did or maybe even someone something that people rumored about you or think that you did and they've just placed that scarlet letter on you mm. and they said oh she has that kind of past she'll never be able to marry you know a great guy she'll never be able to do maybe great things for god not be not just even a past sometimes we i I felt growing up in church is, you know, no matter what you did before you were saved, that's fine. But if you did something in church, yeah. then that's the unforgivable sin. Yes, yes. And I don't think that's right. So that like isn't Bible, right. All the Bible on grace <laughs> and forgiveness is all for you before you're saved. Exactly. But after. But if you grow up in church, how do you deal with that? How do I deal with growing up in church and never being allowed to make a mistake? And so I learned in, in my teenage years, you know, I made some mistakes and I learned there is grace for me. I can be a Christian and walk out and survive teenage years and still make it. Um, and so I would like to say to all the women listening, don't let other people's opinions about you uh, place a roof over what you think you can, what you think you can achieve. You know, our calling does not come from other people. Our purpose and our plan does not come from other people. It does come from God. So I would encourage you to get into your prayer closet and allow God to speak to you. Allow God to breathe His purpose, His life. And I also want to encourage you to study the women that Jesus spoke to. He was always encouraging women. He was always choosing women. And when we see the way and with the honor in which He treated women, it should inspire us to live up to how God sees us. He did that with the Samaritan woman, didn't he? He did. He really blew people's minds. Here was a woman, how many husbands? Five husbands? And living with the sixth, sixth one. And Jesus says to her, go back to your city. Carla, I think that's incredible. That passage always convicts me, and we spoke about it. Another one that, that really gets me is when the woman's caught in adultery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, she's brought before him. It's unfair, of course, if she's caught in adultery, where is the man? For some reason, you know, the Pharisees didn't see fit to bring him, only her. And Jesus makes everyone leave. He convicts everyone else of their sin. And to her, he gives grace. He says, go and sin no more. And the incredible thing of what she does with that, she doesn't go back to a life of sin. She turns into one of Jesus' most faithful disciples. So how invited she must have felt into his presence. Most rabbis at the time would not allow female disciples. And Jesus not only allowed female disciples, he invited the worst of women in, you know, in parentheses. The woman into, seven demons were cast out of her. Into his, into, yes. into his group of disciples. So, I mean, it was just outrageous, but she felt being, having the whole world know her story, know what she had just done the night before. I have just been invited also to come into this man's presence to become his disciple. Yeah. And I think that story is the story that we should be sharing. It's that story of redemption. God can still call you. He can still use you. Even if everybody knows what you did last night, God still wants to use you. And I believe the process that we'll be on, it will be painful for a moment, but joy does come. It, it will be difficult, but it'll lead you to destiny. Yeah. Um, at times it'll be confusing, but it'll always end up, you will always end up fulfilling your calling. And so I want to encourage every woman who's listening as well is 
Don't let your past punish your future. Mm. Give God permission to rewrite the story of your life. Because when it's all said and done, we live by grace, we're saved by grace, we're used by grace, and God wants to restore through grace. You're listening to the podcast, The Road to Restoration. Pastor Carla, thank you so much. I trust this inspired every woman, every young lady, every young teenager that was listening to this podcast. If you're on the road, you've fallen off the road, I want to encourage you to get back on the road. God only wants to restore you, but God wants to use you to do greater things. Thanks for listening to the podcast. God bless you.